Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 876 of the Juice Box Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the best of the Juice Box Podcast. Today, we are revisiting episode 485, Altered Minds. This is an episode where Jenny Smith and I discuss how high and low blood sugars can impact a person. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Are you a U.S. resident who has type 1 or the caregiver of someone with type 1? Please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry, complete the survey. When you complete that survey, you are helping type 1 diabetes research to move forward right from your sofa. You also might be helping out yourself and you're supporting the podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Cozy Earth. Now you can get 35% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com just by using the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. I'm wearing Cozy Earth joggers and a sweatshirt right now. These joggers are like the best. And uh, our sheets are super duper, super, super cool and silky and soft. Also from Cozy Earth. CozyEarth.com, use the offer code JUICEBOX to save 35%. Hello, and welcome to episode 485 of the Juicebox Podcast. Guess who's on the show today? Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Jenny Smith. Jenny, of course is from all the Defining Diabetes episodes and the Pro Tip series. And today she's here to talk about how people can be altered in their in their minds when their blood sugars are high or low, right? So if you're looking for an understanding of what high and low might make someone feel like or could make you feel like, this is the episode for you. During this conversation, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Jenny holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She's a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitors. One day when I grow up, I hope to be just like Jenny. The T1D Exchange needs 6,000 people to join their registry. And I have to keep saying this to you until you do it. So the T1D Exchange is looking for T1D adults and T1D caregivers who are U.S. residents. 
They want you to participate in a quick survey that can be completed in just a few minutes from your phone or computer. After you finish the questions, and they are very simple, I completed the survey in about seven minutes, you may be contacted annually to update your information. And they may even ask you a couple more questions. But this is 100% anonymous. It is completely HIPAA compliant, and it does not require you to ever visit a doctor or go to a remote site. See, this is interesting. This is a way for you in just a few minutes to help other people living with type 1 diabetes. Past participants have helped bring increased coverage for test strips, Medicare coverage for CGMs, and changes in the ADA's guideline for pediatric A1C goals. These are important behind-the-scenes things that people with type 1 diabetes need, and you have a unique opportunity to help them. These are not deep, probing, personal questions. They're pretty simple, basic, surface diabetes stuff, but they just need the data. Help them at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. And at the very least, if 6,000 of you go right now, I don't have to say this again. Do it for me. I'm kidding. Do it for the other people living with type 1 diabetes. But I mean, if you want to think of me while you're doing it, it's fine. This one's weird, but oh, we'll see. <laughs> that means it came from somebody. It came from somebody, but it's not. <laughs> it came it, from somebody. It, and, and, but, it, but it made a lot of sense to me when they said it. And then I, I left it on my list for a long time. And every time I look at the list, I'm like, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that, I think. So, um, okay. Hopefully I have something to well, say we'll about see. it. <laughs> so I, I, I'm posing this next question to you, Jenny, because you have diabetes and you would have um, – you would have a real feeling for what this is. Maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> no, I think you will. So I hear this from either parents or spouses usually. And it's something we make light of in community and joke about. Like I've said before to my daughter, you know, when she was little, I'm going to test your blood sugar. And if it's not high or low, you're in trouble, <laughs> right? You know, like, because you kind of can't. You can't tell, like, is somebody acting a certain way because they're altered or are they acting a certain way because they're, you know, right. a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, like, right. you know, which is it? But that always makes me feel like, what is the person with diabetes hearing when they're altered? And so that's what I want to understand. I want to, and we're going to do both, but let's start with higher blood sugar. So... I know there's no Mendoza line that you can point to perfectly, but I will, I've always said in the past that as Arden is active, if her blood sugar starts to creep above 160, 180, I could see her slow down, her reactions mm-hmm. get slower, things like that. We know that people get cloudier. We've talked about on the podcast a million mm-hmm. times as you get higher and higher. But what's it like to be in your head when your blood sugar's higher? Like, like, what if your kids are acting up or your husband's being unreasonable or you have to make dinner? Like, and like, what does that feel like to you? Yeah, I think it, to me, it feels one, I'm just annoyed. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not annoyance with them. It's annoyance for the number for why ever it is where it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And it can be even worse if it was like a bad site, right. That now, you know, like, fiddling with for a while to actually get it. Um, And I think then the mental piece of that then comes when you're trying to manage this number that you're 
not happy with and somebody interrupts that train of thought and not interrupt by they're not like doing it intentionally yeah, to yeah. ask you, you know, can we have applesauce for dinner, mom? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's just a piece in the mix. So I think um, mine is more like, it's just a mental struggle right. at that point. And I do also tend to, I get kind of headachy. Okay. Not so much when I have lows, but more so when I am higher, it's that like mental, that foggy kind of piece. And it makes me feel headachy. Um, not the kind that's like a throbbing, but it's like that cloudy kind of headache that you get. Yep. Um, and again, that's just an irritating factor in and of itself too. So there's a, me- a mechanical portion of it where it is, you know, for whatever reason, either you maybe you missed on a bolus or right. like you said, your site went wrong or something. So there's an, there's a, a mechanical piece. Like I need to fix this thing, which becomes irritating as it would to any person. Like, like if I walked into a door frame, I'd be like, I cannot believe right. I just walked into a door frame like that. So you've got that going on. Right. And then you have the actual act of having to fix it. And then you're focused on that. Someone else comes in. So this is still all mechanical, like, but then the headache happens and that's not something like a like a like a warning light on your palm doesn't go off and say Jenny's got a headache now, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so when a five year old comes at you, you you can't say to yourself, "I'm I feel a pain in my head that I'm not even aware of yet. I'm going to react." It. You don't have like that's not how thinking no. works. So then your just level of irritation is does it? Here's how I here's what here's how my wife puts it uh, around her period. She'll tell me. Um, I'm not being unreasonable. I just have less space for bullshit is how she puts it. <laughs> that's really great. I'm going to use that. That's fabulous. I don't, I think she's covering for herself, but I understand the intent of what she's saying. Uh, so there's a, there's a ceiling in people before they get upset. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's all kinds of, of outside irritants that can limit that ceiling, but just your blood sugar being higher physically can take away from your ability to to abide bullshit, basically, I guess. Correct. And, you know, from my standpoint, too, you know, with the work that I do and all of the data management that I do and interpreting things for people, I, I mean, the majority of my management is just because I want to be healthy, right? right? But the other piece of it is it also leads into my work, can I get work done really well if I'm sitting really high or if I'm sitting really low? My brain isn't functioning well on either level. Mm-hmm. So that management piece is always also there to benefit all the people that I work with. So I'm not typing out a message that's like, you know, yeah. I don't know why your blood sugar is high. <laughs> Mary, why don't you just figure it out yourself? Right. <laughs> like- I paid this lady to help me with my blood sugar and she yelled at me. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't be great. Um, no, but but I want people to understand that whether, and I think they do, but, and by do, I, I, I think they do understand that a higher blood sugar could be an issue. But the problem is, again, that you don't walk around as a person with diabetes with your blood sugar across your forehead. So no. when I come up to you, you're just Jenny to me. I don't know if your blood sugar is 220 and you have a headache. Um, right. And so how... I guess what should those people be looking for so that they can back up and go, oh, you know what, this could be that. Because even if I understand that your blood, say I come up to you, you react oddly. 
and I immediately understand it's your blood sugar that's high. If I say to you, oh, your blood sugar is high, I'm sorry. That's just going to make it worse, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. that's the diabetes equivalent of me saying, oh, you have your period. I won't bring up the car payment right now. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. And I, I think it does bring up a good a good point, though, especially for. I think this goes more for adults who have a spouse or a significant other or partner or whatever. Um, because like Nathan, he follows, he's got Dexcom follow, you know, he's got mm-hmm. my stuff, but I mean, he doesn't keep it open and follow me all day. He's right. got the alarm set and all of that for like yeah. high and low. But other than that, I mean, he just, I, he lets me alone, right, right. honestly, which Good. I'm very thankful for. Um, outside of counting carbs for me, if he's like done dinner or something, you know, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but in that regard, I think it also means that as the person with diabetes, you kind of also have to share more at times because as I do more often with my kids, mm-hmm. I share with them, you know, this is what I feel like right now and go color in your color book for like 10 minutes while mommy changes her bad pod right. or whatever it is, yeah. you know? Um, but I think it, it means that you have to express a little bit in order to decrease the chance that somebody's going to interpret your reaction to something in the wrong way, because certainly, I mean, that's happened. I've been married a long time and there's definitely been like blood sugar reasons for reactions that didn't really come out as response that I meant it to come out kind of sounding like. Um, So I think sometimes you have to be open enough to be able to say, Hey, you know, I need this like 15 minutes to manage around this, come back and like, ask me in a bit. But that so. could come out as I wish I would have dated your brother instead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, so I have a little context around this, which I've mentioned off and on in the podcast over like the last year or so. And it's just that my my iron level got really low. And I I completely understand what you're saying. Like saying words, not having the intention behind them that the words have and also not being able to see that it's happening. Like, that's the interesting thing. Like when you're, you're saying something to somebody, even if it's a tone, um, you know, just the wrong tone and you don't know it's the wrong tone while you're saying it. Like when you're being sarcastic with somebody, when you're, you know, when you're in an argument, you're like, I'm going to ramp this up right now. You're aware you're going to do it. Like, I'm going to say something now that's going to make you upset, but it's happening. And not only do you not know it's happening, but you don't think it's happening. And that's the that's the real fascinating part, like, is that you're doing this. It, it feels like it's you doing it, but it's just that there's a level of a a trace element or something in your body. For me, it was iron. You know, for you, it's going to be not enough insulin and you're just you're not yourself. And right. it's um, it's tough because you're asking you're getting you're an adult who's ultra aware of their blood sugars, like really like you're you know, you do an amazing job for yourself. So Thanks. maybe, well, Jenny, stop. I you, try. Can, you can see it They'll coming. <laughs> We're all trying, right? One way or the other. Uh, uh, but but my point is that maybe you've been able to teach yourself over time to go, oh, my number's up, like I won't get involved in an important conversation right now, or I'll send my kids off the color for a second so that I don't tell them I wish I didn't have children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, but, you know, when your kid's 16 or you're, 24 and you've had diabetes for a year and a half and you're at work, like you don't, you're not going to see that coming like that. No. And mine's more so in terms of like 
like spit out of things that I don't even know that I've like said the way that I've said is more so even when I'm low, honestly. Yeah. Let's switch to that idea now. It's there's much more like the, it's like a fragment of like thought in your brain. You're trying to manage how you're feeling with this low while you're probably waiting for the low to not be low anymore. Mm -hmm. And in that come the things of life. I mean, unless you're a single person and not interacting with kids or adults or other people around you, there's always someone you're interacting with. And that interaction then in that time period where your brain isn't really firing all the right ways, it doesn't, you don't interpret it coming out in sort of the jagged way that it does. Um, And then aftermath is often, well, I'm really sorry, or, you know, I didn't mean that, or I'm low. (laughs) I felt like crap and you bugged me. (laughs) Does it feel like that afterwards? Like after it's over and you're okay, do you have the guilt that you did something wrong? Because it's not true, right? You know? Right. I mean, only in the scenario that, you know, we may have been, potentially discussing something or whatnot. And that was the case during that discussion. Yeah. I mean, not obviously every time by any means, do I feel bad about, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. And sometimes even with lows, I think that I will have responded to something Mm -hmm. and it's been in my head that I've actually, and my husband will be like, did you hear what I asked you? And I'll be like, I told you, blah, blah, whatever. And he's like, no, really. You didn't say it out loud. You didn't say it out loud. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay. So, it's just like that muddiness that I've, I think, commented about before when I feel yeah. like I'm like, sort of like. But that's the real low. There's a slide in there. There is. In the beginning, right? And I, it, numbers wise, doesn't really matter. But, you know, if you're, the way I think of it with Arden is maybe between. I would say at 65, Arden maintains herself. Hey, mm-hmm. dad, I feel dizzy. You know, like she, she's just like that. She's a little kind of jokey about it right there. It's almost like you could be like, hey, let's not do anything and see if you die. And she'd be like, there's okay. Like a, there's like a giddiness yeah. at that level. Right. But it's, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. She's elated for some reason right there. Okay. And then it goes down and her energy drops away. But if you were to catch her there, if somehow she got past the elated part into that part, and that's where you first intersected her, she'd be snappy, like real short and nasty, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think after the nasty is what you were just talking about, where the lost lost fragments of thoughts are, right? Yeah. Okay. It's almost like a – and then there's, you know, falling over and not being able to help yourself. But as it's happening, are you able to consciously think – Hey, my brain's trying to shut off and I'm the only one who's going to stop it. Right. Or, or does it turn into just a physical, like, eat something feeling? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, in my, I can remember a specific time soon after my first was born. We had gone, I think it was to Coles, actually. And I was standing in, and I was nursing, obviously, at that point. So all the fluxes that can kind of come with blood sugar and mm-hmm. whatnot, mostly like lows. And my husband had gone off looking for something in like the men's department. And I was standing like in the toy department. We were looking for something specific for our little guy. And I can remember feeling low. And like you can determine like those dropping lows 
I was dropping. And so I sat down with my baby on the floor right. in the baby department <laughs> and I get out, you know, my glucose tablets and I'm eating my glucose tablets. And I, I had, tr- my husband found me. I mean, I was fine, but I was sitting there just like waiting for the low to fix itself mm-hmm. because I knew that I had taken care of it. But in that I had also gotten my phone out and I was texting him to come to the kids department because right. I was low only I never hit send okay I was just like Typing. so that's kind of that like broken like thought kind yeah. of that can happen wow do you ever did in, in a moment like that is are you cognizant enough to think don't fall forward on the baby like do you have like do you have those feelings like oh I'll try that's to kind of the reason that I sat, sat down. down I mean from my back thought to what I was doing I right. would have thought you know I need to sit down I've got a baby who clearly can't stand on his own yet you know I mean it was I think he was probably like six months old or something yeah and it's so sit down treat your low blood sugar I mean and I've always been able to treat so I've never had an issue with not being able to help myself um, right. outside of like when I was a teen with my parents. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, but it's, it is, I mean, in those instances, sometimes there's not enough to like, even like be angry. You just can't even communicate mm-hmm. quite right. It's, it's interesting. It's super interesting to me the way that, first of all, the way your body handles a, a falling blood sugar, it's, it's when you start losing faculties, your it's your body shutting down, it's basically services. It's like, oh, we don't need that one. Like, and it just, right. Yeah, right. It just, it, it has this finite amount of sugar in your blood and its goal is to keep your brain running. Correct. Right. And so yes, it starts shutting. Everything else stops. Yeah, yeah. Right. Stop sending sugar to this idea and this idea. And so you're like going down and it's your body going like, it really is. It's like, let's try to see how long we can stay alive until something intervenes. But you describe the, the actual actions you take very similarly. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, like, okay, I'm not okay. I'll sit down. I'll start taking these things. That's more important than telling someone, right? Now it's important to tell, like, you're you're doing the same thing. You're making these, like. It's just that you're not, like, consciously. It's almost like your brain, like, those, like, files in the back that were, like, do this now. Right. They take over, even though you're not really, like, consciously aware that you're, like, sitting down Mm -hmm. and, like drinking your juice box or whatever it is. You do it because it's a habit and you know that that's what you need to do with, with this symptom. Would, would you looking back on a a scenario like that, if that, if the Jivo Kypopen existed, then would you being with your baby, would that have been enough for you to be like, I'm not going to take tablets. I'm going to hit myself with glucagon or no, you still would have handled it that way. You know, Possibly, um, with with what I remember about that being such a a quick drop mm-hmm. in my blood sugar. I mean, it's not like we were running around the store. Either. It was yeah. just like I'd probably nursed before we went in the store to keep him happy, and like, yeah. whoop, there it was, was two feet into the store. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I certainly um, I've got like an extra vaccine that I typically take out, especially when we're like traipsing around the neighborhood to the parks and whatever. Um, I mean, my eight year old knows about it. So I possibly, I might have done that. Um, It just occurs to me with the Baximi and like the Givoke now being like ready to go. Like mm -hmm. prior to that, I only ever thought of glucagon as like, 
you passed out and somebody came upon you and gave it to you. Like, right. that's how it felt. But now all of a sudden, like, it's there and it's easy to use. And, like, I wondered about that, like, how you would think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could. I mean, it's certainly not a bad thought by any means, especially I've worked with a couple of women post, well, through pregnancy and then postpartum who've had spouses who've been military. Mm -hmm. And so they have, after a certain amount of time postpartum, you know, their spouse goes back, you know, might be deployed again someplace completely away from where they are. They're pretty much on their own with a baby. They might have the support of friends or family coming in once in a while, but that's not at two o'clock in the morning. So, you know, in a case like that, where you're dropping or really low and you're really worried about it, not Sure. Mm, I mean, that's what a product like that is there for. It's also the benefit potentially of, you know, like mini dosing that age old red lily glucagon. (laughs) So, so here's a question then, because I came at this from the idea of the people who are going to interact with a person who's either too high Mm -hmm. or too low. I, I have to be honest when Arden in the past has been too low where she's refusing, I just go with like forceful. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, I tr- I've tried talking or, like, you know, I've gone with the, come on, sweetie, drink it. It's really important. Like, that stuff. That doesn't go. It's almost like you're not talking to the complete her. No. You know? And so you just, you make these declarative, forceful statements. Drink the juice. Drink it. Drink the juice. Drink the juice. Drink. And I'm talking, like, I remember. I know people say to me all the time, you you know, you must know what it's like to raise a little kid with diabetes back before all the technology. And I don't talk about it very much, but it's really bad. And so, you know, like back before CGMs and all that, there's it's three o'clock in the morning. You're there with a six year old and you're like, Arden, drink the juice, like drink the goddamn juice right now. <laughs> you, you know, and because there also was no CGM like at some point. No. So I so don't literally don't direction. know what's happening. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and you don't you're not yelling you're going to die, but you're it's how it feels in your head when you're talking to them. Um, And I think that's much easier to figure out with a low blood sugar, right? Like that's obvious to people, but it's the, it's always the high ones that make me, I feel badly. Like I feel badly when I hear, I've used this example over and over again, but it sticks with me like right in the center of my heart so much that uh, a woman found the podcast. uh, It helped her daughter And when she sent me a note months later to thank me, she said, I really just thought my daughter was a bitch, her words, and that we weren't going to get along for our whole life. And it turns out my daughter's a lovely person. And I didn't know because her blood sugar was always high. And um, that makes me want to cry. And, uh, you you know, and and the um, the idea that that could happen either at the beginning, right? Like you'll hear people say, oh, I didn't realize, you know, that that stuff happened. Or I, I helped somebody recently with a babe, uh, a young kid who has autism. And mm-hmm. at the end of talking, I said, hey, you might see a, uh, a, a difference in, you know, just how personality. personality and stuff. And that person was so sure that that wasn't going to happen. And then three days later said to me, you know, he is happier. And I said, yeah, like you don't, you don't know. And then mm-hmm. that's a sadder situation because then the, the poor kid couldn't tell, you know, could, isn't right. ver- verbal to begin with very much. Uh, but I just think about that for everybody else. Like if you're running around with blood sugars that are 170 all the time, your body gets used to it. So physically you think you're okay, but you're not like, you're not the person you were going to be right. without diabetes, you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so 
There's just well, and even from a mental standpoint too, even from performance, right? You you may not be you may not be putting out everything you possibly could, putting things together, whether it's in school or college or job or whatever, because your brain is really not working at the level of glucose that is healthy for it to work at. This conversation is at the core why I initially years ago brusked so hard at the idea of better high than low. I was like, I don't think that's right. You know, you know, like I, I think that that, that does not seem right to me. I, I, I've known people who through a lifetime were not who they were supposed to be. I just know it, 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 and it, you lose your, you know, it's it every day you lose is gone. Every hour you lose is gone. And then days turn into months that turn into years. And before you know it, people just think you're a prick and you know, and that's just not. And you may not be at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe with another two units of basil all day long, you would have been an absolutely delightful person. And that, and, and then I think about the people on the other side who have to deal with you, who love you. And then think, oh, I love a guy who's just a jerk, but maybe isn't or, you know, vice versa or your kids or I don't know. I just I want people to be very aware that outside of a normal range that the lack of or addition of sugar in your blood is having a real big impact on your personality and your ability to live and make decisions and everything. Right. I mean, I've even had parents who who've asked me, you know, how do you how do you discipline your child with diabetes, when you're like, do you always refer back to the blood sugar to begin with? Or, you know, do you just discipline them as if they don't have diabetes? And quite honestly, I think if they require discipline because they threw the stone through the front window because they were aiming and wanted to do it, I mean, really, unless their blood sugar is like 12, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really low or really high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that was a that was like a decision on their part. They yeah. deserve to be punished. Right. <laughs> Whatever well, way that you're going to yeah. punish. If your them. blood sugar is 150 and you're breaking windows, you're just a. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but I mean, but if your blood sugar has been 220 for your whole life and you can't do well in math, it might not be because you're not good at math, right? right. And you got to make that right. decision. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, there are times, there's been one or two times that Arden's been so low that she has said horrible things to me and I just, I bear down and I think that's the blood sugar and I just let it go, but you really have to be ready for it. Like, because it's hard not to react, you know, I mean, Jenny, I'll bleep this out later, but when an eight year old calls you a mother. You're, 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 you're like, you know, you're like, ooh, hold on. Like, okay, well, there. <laughs> Please drink the juice. Did not expect that. <laughs> I wasn't looking for this. I didn't I'm recognize. I'm just trying to help yeah. you. That's all. And you know, and I've heard adults talk about it too. In in a married situation where one person's physically stronger than the other person, and you know, can get low and then get you know, right. violent, like not on purpose, right? And now you're in a a much different situation. Yeah. I actually had that when I was working um, in DC, a couple, an older couple had actually come into our diabetes clinic and (laughs) the man was complaining. He's like, sometimes I'm scared. I think she had gone to the bathroom or something. And then we were just chatting. And I think it was on the topic of like hypos and he brought up, he's like, 
sometimes I'm kind of scared of her. He's like, one day she threw a coffee cup at me. And I was like, okay, well, that wasn't really your wife. That was the low blood sugar. <laughs> yeah. So, But I will tell you, if her blood sugar is every 95 and she throws something at you, I don't think she likes you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. exactly. then, then there was something you did really nasty yeah. wrong to her. So, Well, that's um, okay. I appreciate you talking about this yeah. with me too. That was really good. Could you just not talk to Jenny every day? I know I could. I wish I could, actually. It just doesn't work out like that. Anyway, Jenny does this for a living at integrateddiabetes.com, and you can check her out there. There's a link in the show notes. What comes next is about the T1D Exchange. If you heard it in the last episode with Jenny and you haven't done it, let's get to it. But if you haven't, the T1D Exchange needs your help. And the help they need is super simple to give. You just go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. That's my link. Use that link. And then when you get there, click on join our registry now. And after that, you complete the simple, quick survey. It's for U.S. residents only, but it's so easy. Like right now, if you did it right now, look at your watch. You probably don't have a watch. Pick up your phone. Touch the face of it. If you did it right now, you'd be done in less than 10 minutes. It took me three hours to bring you this episode, and this is all I'm asking in return. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. I mean, seriously, I had to book Jenny, record the thing, edit it. I mean, you notice how there's no like pops and clicks and noises and nothing distracting while you're listening? Uh, You're welcome. That was me, Scott. Click, click, click with the mouse. I fixed the whole thing for you hours it took like you're just like oh it was a quick 25 minute episode it was nice scott said insulin's important blah blah no no no. there's more than that it's deep it's deep it's building a narrative in your life about type 1 diabetes giving you the tools and the access to information for the free and all i ask is that you go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box i only need six thousand of you to do it i mean there were hundreds of thousands of downloads last month i just need six of you You know what I'm saying? Of the hundreds of thousands of downloads, I need 6,000. I'm tired of saying it too. I know you're tired of hearing it. I'm tired of saying it. But I mean, at some point, one of us has got to pick up the mantle and do their part. I can only do this. I I filled out their survey. It was easy. All right, I'm going to stop. I apologize. That was was too much. Too much. I should just say t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. You need to be a U.S. resident who has type 1 or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go fill it out if you have the chance. I mean, that's that's how I should say it. But, I mean, come on. This podcast is amazing, and it's free. Free. And what do I say to you? You know, if you want to try out an Omnipod, go to Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. I say, if you want to check out a Dexcom, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. I say, uh, want to get a great meter? Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. I say, hey, uh, my daughter's got this uh, Gvoke hypo pen. You should check it out. That, that's it. I mean, you don't have to check it out. I'm not telling you to buy an Omnipod. It's not like if you don't buy an Omnipod, you're not allowed to listen anymore. I'm just saying, if you're going to, go check it out. But this T1D exchange thing, I mean, you're on the internet constantly. I see the people in my life. I know you don't put the phone down. And I'm not judging you. I'm just saying while you're doing it, you know what I mean? T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Help a guy out a little bit. 
Don't make me beg you. It's embarrassing. I'll tell you what. If the T1D exchange contacts me at the end of the month, next month, at the end of June, and says, we've added a thousand new people to the registry, thanks to you. If they say that, what will I do? I will do an online talk about using insulin once a week in July. Once a week, okay? I'll come on, um, I'll do it on Zoom. It'll be free, obviously, because you helped me out with the T1D exchange thing. And I will answer everyone's questions as long as I can. If we reach 1,000. Now, if we reach 1,500, I'll get Jenny on one of those calls. If you do 2,000, I'll do the call right? Every day, every, what I say, every week in July, Jenny once, and what else will I do? I'll do something else that's cool. I don't know what yet, but trust me, I'll come through. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice box. Use the link, complete the survey. That's it. I hope you enjoyed this best of episode, Altered Minds. It's a personal favorite of mine. Would you like to save 35% on this sweatshirt that I'm wearing here or these silky joggers? Am I rubbing my legs while I'm saying it? I'm not going to tell you because it sounds creepy, but they're super soft. CozyEarth.com. Save 35% at checkout with the offer code JUICEBOX. And of course, you can get 10% off your first month of therapy at BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box just by going through that link. That's all you have to do. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the juice box podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation and you're not in my private Facebook group, it's absolutely free. And I think you would love it. Juice box podcast type one diabetes on Facebook private group 35,000 plus members. That's over 35,000 members. Tons of conversations, opinions, perspectives, and great conversation. Absolutely free. Go check it out.